Welcome to the Cheeky Investor Podcast. This episode, Gareth and I are shifting it a little bit. We're going to be talking about generating income from the stock market, Gareth. We're generally growth guys. We're talking about tech companies. We're talking about hyper growth, earnings per share. Yeah, risky. We're going to be talking about income. Boo, boring. No, um, this is actually what a lot of people want to know. It's what they get into the stock market for. Passive income. Isn't that the dream dream word, the dream phrase? Uh, And Oh, yeah. Look, it's one of the great benefits of the stock market for people that aren't as maybe actively involved as we are. Um, Sure, you won't get the same returns, but you can potentially get a very nice return, which I'm sure we'll we'll chat about, um, without having to do very much work at all, particularly if you're investing in particular stock markets uh, in relation to dividends. And we'll talk about, I'm sure, the, the right stock markets that you want to be in. And I think some people might be slightly surprised at uh, what stock markets we would suggest people get into if they want to go dividend hunting. But yeah, it's, um, it's a very cozy, simple life. You just put your money into uh, companies and you wait 20 years, Phil, and, and suddenly you're rich. Isn't that the way it works? That, that's how everything works, I assume. <laughs> I think so. I've still, got money, I've still got money buried in the ground. Nothing's happened. It hasn't grown a money tree yet. But yeah, look, uh, dividend investing REITs, um, there is this very big sector of the stock market that certainly a lot of the, a lot of our cheeky crew have a lot of interest in because, you know, we get it. People don't have that much time, and sometimes it's hard to be purely kind of active investing. Um, sometimes it's nice to have a passive portfolio. But maybe before we get too much into any of the details, Phil, do you want to just kind of set out um, what we're talking about when we're talking about things like passive investing or dividends or REITs? Sort of give a bit of a general summary of, of, of what all these things are. Yeah, so what, what we'll mainly cover are probably dividends. Um, I'll, I'll talk about a strategy in there as well, a high-yielding um, investment strategy. Um, something called a real estate investment trust. And the other way you can get income from the stock market is through options, options trading, because um, oh, you can okay. get a bit of rent on the shares. We won't cover that today. I find that's a really hard topic to articulate in voice. Like I've tried listening to a few audio books before and it's, um, yeah, she's pretty dry. It's boring. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, no, so, not, not for our podcast. All right. <laughs> so, so we'll keep it to, to dividends and rates. So okay. um, a, a dividend is something that a company, the management of a company, decide to pay shareholders essentially as a sort of a reward for owning that stock or holding that stock. Uh, so a company will generate earnings and from that earnings, they'll, they'll pay the shareholders a dividend. Now, there's a few other options that a company can do with their earnings. Uh, they can pay down debt if they've got debt to pay down. Or they could decide to keep it all and reinvest it in the company to, to grow really fast. Like they might acquire some competitors or they might expand overseas. So a general sort of rule is you won't get growth and dividends um, okay. because, you know, there's only a, a limited amount of earnings or um, income that you have. So if, you know, if you're focusing on growth and expanding the company, um, then you're not going to get a dividend because you want to focus on that. And if you're focusing on paying out shareholders, uh, you know, billions of shareholders in some cases, um, you, you can't probably grow as quickly. Uh, but having said that, the companies that pay dividends are probably at a kind of plateau stage anyway or a slow, slow growth phase. They're, they're pretty sort of established. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, just that, sorry, before we get into REITs, but yeah, what sort of companies are we talking about? Obviously, it's not the kind of high-profile tech stocks, for example, that we we would we would sort of favour. Are we talking about blue chip companies? Is it houses? Is it Coca-Cola, Starbucks? Like, is it companies of that sort of size that don't necessarily have massive changes in their stock price, but but have an ability to to, to make a lot of money just because they're a big company? 
Yeah, generally they're those bigger companies that have, it's probably a really, um, you know, established business model. So it's really predictable. When you have a predictable business model with relatively predictable income, um, you know, then you can, you can pay your shareholders um, mm. you know, a more predictable amount. So if you look at banks, for example, banks are notorious for paying dividends because um, their business model is, is pretty straightforward and pretty established. Tech companies, um, you know, can fluctuate a bit. So, you know, they sure. might pay uh, 3% dividend one year, none the next year, 2%, and it's really sort of all over the place. So generally more established business model companies, and, and they're generally larger. Um, well, particularly the ones that you should be looking at um, should generally be larger. And I'll, I'll talk through a formula around finding the best uh, dividend-paying companies. Cool. Okay. And with that, is this um, what? Why would a company issue dividends? Like, is it not them spending money on things that they could be investing in the company? Well, well, that's one of the arguments. Um, <clears throat> there's probably two schools of thought. One is that dividends are the only true return you get from the stock market because they actually pay you cash. Everything else requires someone paying a higher price than what you bought the stock for. Yeah, okay. So that's not guaranteed. And, and the other thought to that is that, uh, you know, if the company crashes in 15 years' time, you've, you've at least banked 15 years' worth of good dividends. So you've got that return. The other school of thought is if, if a manager's giving you a dividend, they're admitting and saying, I can't invest this any better myself. <laughs> Here, you have the funds and, and good luck to you. So that, that's one of the kind of contrarian type of things. Yeah, right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you have companies that are, yeah, saying to, to uh, uh, their um, investors, yeah, basically, hey, we're making all this extra money. We're, we're going to give you a slice of the pie as a kind of a, a reward, I suppose, for continuing to invest. Is that sort of the mindset of it or, or where does that generally come from? It's kind of uh, investor expectation. Um, so okay. Investors will be set to invest for a dividend and they'll expect that from management or, or a company. Yeah, yeah, right. Interesting. Sorry, your dogs are going wild there, Phil. They're disgusted by dividends. Um, I would probably have a chat with them and explain, much like you've just explained to me, the benefits of dividend investing. Right, okay. So that's the first um, sort of area. And we'll get into a little bit more detail. As Phil says, there's a couple of really cool little things we're going to give on. The next sort of area, and it's probably it's probably less of a, uh, a high profile sort of field, um, but it's something we'll cover as well, which is which is real estate investment trusts or REITs. Um, as they're known in the business, R-E-I-T-S. Phil, would you like to, yeah, just give a bit of an explanation uh, as to what REITs are? Yeah, essentially um, a property portfolio, a commercial property portfolio, um, where people pull their money together and you might be buying CBD offices or you might be buying um, shopping centres or, you know, really high-end commercial uh, real estate. Um, they're really focused on income because, you know, you buy a shopping centre, you lock tenants in generally for a longer term contract. And again, it comes back to that word predictable. If you've got a tenant locked in for three years, you can you can look at your business model, you know what your expenses are, you know what you can afford to pay out as a dividend. So generally not uh, huge on the growth side, um, but certainly massive for, for the income side of things. Interesting. And how easy is it to find REITs? Is there, is, there, is there ETFs for them? Are they on the stock market? Or would you need to speak with some like a broker to get involved in, in investing in something like that? No, they're pretty easy to find. Um, yeah, a simple uh, Google search. And even something like Westfield, it almost, I know it's um, 
you know, a listed company, but it makes its money from renting to it's got other organisations. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, shopping centres, Australasia, um, ASX, SSP, Centaur Group, um, National Storage, yes, they're, they're easy to Heaps find. Heaps out there, okay. Easy. And, and with REITs, are you, society, just so I'm clear, yeah. are you making your money on the fact that they are paying a dividend or is there some other mechanism by which, because you mentioned the fact, okay, I, I get it, what they are is they're basically buildings. There's these, these, someone's bought a load of buildings that they rent out to, to whatever and then they're getting the rental income. So are you getting a dividend from those stocks or are you getting some other way of payment? Yeah, no, it'd be a dividend. Okay. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> generally a dividend. It just depends how you buy it. So if you buy it straight on the stock market, then it'd be a dividend. But that dividend's made up from rent. Um, I get you. The, okay. Kind of no, that's thing. good. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, that's good. Well, all right. Let's, um, so let's then go back slightly to dividend stocks. So the first question, I suppose, is where can people find dividend stocks? Um, so... I think to give context, um, you know, countries are, are very different the way that they perceive um, stocks and their expectations. So Australia and the UK are really big on dividends. Uh, there's kind of an expectation for shareholders um, that they will be okay. paid a dividend for owning that stock or that company. Mm. Whereas you flip over to Japan and the US, their expectation is more on growth. Yep. So they want to see a higher capital appreciation and less dividends. Whereas Australia, we, we want to see the dividends. We want to see that uh, mm. income for our retirement. And then our tax system reflects that as well. So if you're looking for good dividends, you, you'd probably want to look at Australia and um, the UK. And just off the top of my head, the average dividend between Australia and the US, I think Australia's, um, you know, certainly before this year was 4.8%. Mm. And the US might have been 1.9% or 2%. Wow. That's so a that, big difference, yeah. That's a difference in, yeah, the, the two kind of areas. Um, for me, I'd say the first thing is looking at different sectors. Um, you'd kind of narrow your sectors down. And, and I'll, I'll go through, there's 11 sectors here in Australia, um, but I'll just give you an idea of what the dividend yield is. So the dividend yields just the dividend per share uh, divided by the share price, and it gives you a percentage yield. So in Australia, consumer discretionary, um, so that's kind of your retail stocks, 3.71% um, consumer staples, which is interesting. Uh, that's Woolworths, Coles, Coca-Cola's 1.7. Energy stocks are 4.5%. Financials are 5.6%. Healthcare, 1.2%. Industrials, 4%. Information technology, 0.67%. Materials, 45 um, and utilities are 5.75%. So oh. straight away, if, if you're looking wow. to... Now, this would probably be a little lagging as well, um, and we'll talk about that a bit later, uh, what happens when the dividend kind of lags, the, the downturn in the market. Yeah. But, but if you're looking for a good dividend um, stock, you go straight to those companies. You're going financials, <clears throat> which is yep. close to 6%, and you're probably having a look at utilities as well. Yeah. What, what utilities are uh, what um, power companies? Power companies, <clears throat> yeah. Um, Infrastructure like broadband, those sorts of things, is it? So that that's where you look straight away because, like we've said before, with investing, half half of the battle is just finding the right industry to yeah. go into. Once you've done that, you can kind of pick the stocks from there. No, that's really helpful. Okay, so you've then got your grouping of stocks. 
Um, and obviously, you know, ju- just to give, again, a bit of further sort of broad context on this, would you see people who are getting involved in dividend stocks as only getting involved in dividends? Or do you find generally people would have that as a part of their portfolio? Um, and then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll also have a section that's about growth. Like, what's the general sense from you talking to people? Um, it, it's interesting. People tend to go either way. Um, mm. Some, like, there, there's, you know, whole cults of people just focused on dividends. And they're not particularly worried about the share price as much. They just know if they accumulate enough shares in that company um, that the dividends will pay them an income. Yeah. Uh, whereas other people are just focused on growth. They, they're not, they don't think dividends are worth it. They, they look at 7% and, and when Apple's um, stock prices increase by, you know, <laughs> double digits every but, single yeah. year, <laughs> they kind of like, why, why would What's I take the a loss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they go either way. For, for my personal portfolio, I've, um, I've got 70% towards growth kind of everyday tech, and then I have 20% dividend. Um, but I am toying with uh, this dividend thing even more because I walked through one of the um, calculations I did. So I was looking to add a dividend-paying company in Australia to my portfolio, and the guys in the group actually gave me some really good suggestions. Um, and I had a look at Macquarie Bank. So Macquarie Bank, I'm not sure what their dividend is at the moment, but they've grown their dividend payout uh, on average of about 12.5% over the last 10 to 15 years. Wow. Which is massive. So That's huge, yeah. It, it's phenomenal. And, and so you look at the dividend now, but you look at the history of how they've grown that dividend. So, you know, if this year they pay a dollar, next year they pay a dollar ten dividend, that's what it means by 10% growth yep. um, in the dividend that they pay out. So then what you do, let's say, let's say that they're trading at $6 per share now. Mm. Um, and you know, if it's growing at 12% per year over the next 10 years, that, that's probably almost three times. I think it'd be about three times what it is now. So we could say in 10 years time, they'll pay $18 per share yeah. in dividend. Uh, not exactly sure of the numbers, but kind of um, case study. Roughly works out as that, yeah. So, so what if your goal for the next 10 years is just to acquire 2,000 shares in Macquarie Bank? Knowing that this time in 10 years, at 18 bucks a share, you'll get paid like 36 grand a year and not really care as much what the stock price does if that per share thing keeps working. If it, if it works out. Yeah, now look, very interesting. Um, yeah, you, you just something you said to me sort of triggered about, you know, the, there's been camps of different people and I really notice it. Obviously, we're chatting to different people in the investment area and particularly on social media. There's a very strong, it's a bit like the fire movement where there's a very strong cult following of people <laughs> who, you know, post up their dividend earnings all the time. I don't know if you've sort of seen that, but it's yeah, very- Yeah, they love it. There's, they love it, absolutely. And, and look, I get the sort of passive income thing very much so, but what you've said sort of blows it out of the water for me a bit. I mean, my impression of dividend investing, you know, you talked about 6%, 7% max at the very top end. You know, your 12, 12, 12% growth- so that you're able to put your money in it and it's growing or so it was a 10% growth. Sorry, year on year. That's incredible. Um, mm. That sort of changed the game slightly in terms of opportunity because really, I suppose without doing any straight off calculations, but if you start to compare that to the growth of a stock normally, I mean, I'm, that's pretty comparable to what some of the, what are some more successful stocks over a, was it, what did you say? 10 year period was it? I think it's a 10-year period, yeah. And yeah. the stock price increased by 9.5% as well. Year oh, year. double. So you're so, talking, yeah, significantly more. So, 
That's actually really interesting. So in terms of looking at dividend stocks, so you've sort of got your broad brush, you then start to hone in. Where do you find the information on, where, on what, what companies, what dividends they pay out? You, you go to their um, annual report. Because okay. they're public companies, they have to put up their annual report. Um, start by 10 years ago, Google, I, I just went and typed in Macquarie Bank, um, annual report 2010. And what they do in the financial statements, they'll go back three years. So you'll actually get reports for like the details for 07, but they'll do in detail for 010 because they like to compare trends. But anyway, um, and you have a look at their dividend per share that they paid out. And then you yeah. have a look at their dividend per share in their 2020 report. And you see what the growth is over the, the last 10 years. Now, it doesn't go in a linear way. It's not going to be perfectly every single year. But over that 10-year period, it averages out to be 12.5% growth. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So it's all their publicly free information. That's that's a good tip for anyone that's interested in looking at that. Excellent, simple. Um, just look at the annual reports. Now, you brushed over slightly over um, what happens when economies shrink like we're in now. Now, I'm aware that dividends, uh, there are companies that have said they're not paying dividends. So obviously, firstly, just to check, dividends aren't a right, they're a bonus so to speak that the company pays out is that correct yeah absolute discretion of management every single year um yeah and they kind of announce it around the financials reporting time sure so whilst there are companies that have had that continual growth i am aware there are companies now that have just said this year we're not paying a dividend so i suppose for anyone who's looking at this area um that's something to be mindful of if the company does struggle um substantially they you know it's not uncommon for them to pull the dividend um uh payment um because yeah obviously they need to put the money into saving the company i suppose but i suppose your point phil about the idea is that a lot of the companies that do it you've just listed utilities and financial companies i mean they're two of you know they're the most solid businesses you know people that you know producing power running running finance like they're going to be around forever and a day so i suppose the idea is if you're looking at these sorts of companies um going with those two sectors alone it will probably buffer you against any potential shocks now obviously with what we're going through now pretty much every company is affected but it's it's just worth noting that yeah dividends can be pulled so it's not necessarily that you're always going to be paid them but if you pick the right companies i suppose you've got less of an impact it'd be interesting to see next year isn't it actually we'll find out from in the financial year what the companies are going to pay isn't that right so like oh no actually they would have some of them would have well, talked about they've announced year. it now yeah some of the <coughs> yeah, companies right. are, and they're escaping now because i don't think i'm invested in them um, but they've come out and said we're significantly reducing or not paying a dividend this year um, and as an investor, I mean, these are pretty rare times. You can't build a portfolio or retirement strategy no. around the, you know, the likelihood of a viral outbreak. No. <laughs> um, no, as sorry, long as they yeah, answer why. As long as they say why they're not paying a dividend. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, that's right. Yeah. It, 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 it is a longer term thing. I mean, look, again, going back to, you know, these Instagram posts of people, you realize dividend investing only works where you've got a lot of money to invest or you invest over a long period of time, in my view. Because really, the dividends are still low. You will make more money if you invest wisely, in my view, in, in growth companies. But <clears throat> I get the passive side of things, but it's probably worth noting, yeah, it's not, you're not going to be earning 50 grand 
in a year or two. You know, it does take quite a while, I think, to um, to build up um, the, the amount of stocks that you need to make that worthwhile. I mean, you mentioned 2,000 stocks with, uh, with Macquarie Bank. You know, that's going to take a normal punter quite a while to actually get that saved up. So, Probably get 120 bucks a share, it'll take. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's, yeah, a fair old whack. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but look, still really interesting. Um, and the the other thing then about dividend investing, like I was saying before, is I assume people don't move their money around too much. Once you've invested in a, in something, you, you stick there because you're making an income off it. Is that right? Uh, well, yeah, that, that depends on the mentality of the investor. But um, yeah, generally these companies, particularly if you're going into retirement, uh, and, and we know Australia's got a massive aging population with the boomers, um, you know, cash is king in retirement. So those guys are generally holding out for that dividend. So they're keeping their money in that stock. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. Excellent. And um, is there anything else that in terms of um, information that people can find out about dividends, anywhere you'd sort of recommend for people to go to? Um, you, can't, you can't beat the company statements, really. They give you the actual information. One of the things that I touched on that I'll come back to is um, around that dividend trap. So the dividend traps where it looks like the dividend yield is higher than what it actually is. Is. So let's say company ABC is trading for a dollar and they're paying a dividend um, of five cents per share. So that's a 5% dividend yield. And then uh, the company crashes, the market goes to, to shit and it's now trading at 50 cents a share. Well, for that period of time, it looks like that it's a 10% dividend yield because the dividend would say 5% and the share price is 50 cents. So it'll look like it's 10%, but there's always going to be this lag between when the stock price goes down and management responds saying, well, actually we're updating it, uh, the dividend's going to be 2% this year. So a lot of new investors get caught out. They'll see these companies that have kind of tanked recently and they'll think they're getting double digit returns, um, but actually they're caught up in that sort of dividend trap period. So um, that's something to kind of be mindful of. Yeah, no, that's very good to know. How would you spot that? What are you looking out for? Uh, anything that's paying double digits, be suspicious. Um, usually on the higher end, 7 to 8% is probably the highest I've seen. Um, so if it's double digits, you'd probably ask why. Um, and even just double checking through the, um, you know, through the financial statements, um, what it has been and, and any kind of company announcements. Again, just Google Macquarie Bank um, dividend announcement or something just to double check. There's nothing that you're sort of missing. Cool. That's good. And just before we sort of touch on on the real real estate investment trust, because it's there's obviously quite a lot of uh, overlap, but it's worth us talking about. Where um, where would you recommend? Um, oh, because you know somebody, you know, you can leave voice recordings on on our um, podcast. Oh, yeah, I got that um, today. Yeah, so we yeah. actually got a question from one of our um, awesome listeners who asked about where, well, I think that was the question, yeah, the, the question was what, where can they find, where can they invest in dividend stocks, like what sort of software or app or whatever do people use? So, um, Phil, what, what are you using to invest generally? Is there particular things to use for dividend investing or is it just the same the same sort of software apps that you'd normally use? It's generally the same. Um Comsec, like you buy them like you, you own shares. Um, that's if you want to buy them directly. Um, but I, I mean, you can get ETFs um, that are made up of high dividend paying companies. So if you have a look at things like um, Vanguard, um, Vanguard Australia will have a high yield um, ETF. 
and and we'll do and we'll have a podcast coming up on um, exchange traded funds ETF soon, but that essentially means that you're buying like ten companies at once. So you might find an ETF where um, you own ten of the highest paying dividend um, paying companies in Australia, and you just buy one share in sort of that ETF. Um, so you can have a look at the ETFs in in, in Vanguard or Fidelity or um, you know whatever you sort of use. Uh, Beta shares might be another one, um, or you can just buy them directly. Um, okay. Go on to Comsec. Cool. Is it um is it worth just touching on the ETF thing? Is there benefits in your what? Well, sorry, what is the benefit of of investing in an ETF for dividends? Uh, is it the same idea as, as generally with ETFs, just that you're kind of leveling leveling things out, so you're minimizing risk, but you're not you're not maximizing profit. Uh, essentially, if you don't feel confident in in picking dividend paying stocks yourself, um, or, or aren't quite sure, you can kind of outsource that to an ETF. And again, rather than buying ten stocks, and you know, if you buy them individually, it might cost you a thousand dollars. To, to own all 10 of them, you, you could buy for $50, you could own all 10 of them. And yeah, that's what an ETF you. kind of does. Yeah, okay, cool. And then just to sort of also briefly, obviously with REITs, we've mentioned uh, real estate investment trusts are, they're in effect, they are just stocks like everything else and they operate in the same way that everything we've talked about with dividends. Um, but, but for example, where would you look? So just to sort of go back around onto that, uh, where would you find them? Um, and I assume it's the same sort of process for investing. And also, um, what, are you just looking for the same information? Are you looking at their accounts, their financials, just to figure out what that payment is? Or is it done slightly differently with real estate investment trusts? Yeah, the, the probably the main difference would be the type that you're investing in. So there's, you know, a couple of categories, retail um, property. So that's shopping centres, grocery stores, outlet stores, um, industrial, so big warehouse, distribution centres, uh, residential property. Um, so they might have accommodation, apartments, um, just general residential houses um, and office buildings as well. So out of those four categories, even, even to start with, you, you have, uh, you know, I say you have a chat with yourself. Um, and you're thinking retail, eh, that might be a bit dicey at the moment. How many empty stores are in Westfield when you walk around or your local, shop, local shopping centre? Um, and, and you think office buildings as well, with everyone starting to get comfortable working from home, mm. is there going to be as a bigger demand for that? The ones that stand out to me are industrial properties, the distribution centres. I mean, everyone's ordering stuff online. There's got to be holding places that are that are growing to oh, yeah, post everyone's orders and, and get them, you know, get the logistics organized from it. So yeah. um, just having that kind of thought process in terms of identifying them, um, you know, that, that's a good kind of start. That's cool. I really like it. All right. Awesome. Um, excellent. Well, thank you everyone to listening. I think you got some real nuggets of gold from Phil's uh, wonderful brain um, on dividend investing. It's a really interesting topic it's a very hot topic now with all that's happening people are looking at safer options and a way to sort of generate money um, if you've got any questions about this uh, particular topic or about this podcast shoot us well shoot us a voicemail i didn't realize we could do that um, or send us a message hop on facebook we're at facebook.com forward slash cheeky investor or on our website cheekyinvestor.com huge amounts of information on there um, lots of cool things to look at lots of different things happening lots of people to chat to and ask questions with um, but yeah as always always um thank you so much for spending time with us uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast and uh, hopefully we'll check you next week